I'm Steve Duke, and this is the Two Roads Podcast. Today's episode is all about money. Now, this podcast is about helping people figure out what they want to do in their careers, how to build the lives that they love, how that they can build a life where they can do the things that they want to do, spend time with the people they want to spend time with, go to the places that they want to go to, everything. And whether we like it or not, one big topic in this conversation is money. With every job or career path, often thinking about money and it can cause us stress but it can also allow us to do some of the things that we've always wanted to do so today that's what we're going to talk about how to make money how to think about that across the course of your career the role that money plays in your life and your philosophy towards it and you know how much of it do you actually need for yourself we talk about how to build wealth and spend that wealth so that you can live the life that you want to live this will actually be a two-part episode and I'm gonna release the next part, part two, next week. Now, I know that right now there's a cost of living crisis and a lot of people listening might be under the pump just to pay rent this month, and I get that. It's a really tough time for a lot of people out there and I don't claim to be an expert in terms of you know, household budgeting or anything like that. And frankly, there's enough people out there with their own podcasts and books and everything else to do that. But what I have spent a lot of time learning about is four different topics that we'll discuss over this two-part episode. And these are topics that I think are discussed a little bit less often, but are super, super important. So here's the four topics. Topic number one is about understanding the role money plays in your life so that you can make money work for you instead of the other way around. Number two, it's how to maximize the amount of money that you can make. So once you have an understanding of how much you need, whether that be a little or a lot, how are you actually gonna make that money? Number three, it's about how to manage money and to build wealth. So this is everything from understanding, you know, how should you be thinking about what you do with the money that you make? How much should you be saving? Should you be investing? What should you be investing in? And I kind of talk about my own thoughts on this and what I do with my own money. And then finally, I talk about how to spend money to get the best HROI. So that's happiness return on investment, which I think people don't think about much, but we spend all our time, we spend a lot of time thinking about how do we make money, but are you good at spending money? Are you good at turning that money into things that make you happy? So there are the four topics. I'm gonna cover the first two off today in part one of this episode. And then part two, which I release next week, we'll cover off the final two. Now, before we get into the episode today, I want to remind you about the Divergence Program. The Divergence Program is launching next week. So from next week, you're going to be able to actually sign up and enroll in it. If you want early access to it, go to the link in the description for this episode and you can sign up. And what I'm going to do is for anybody who's on that list, 24 hours before I make it available to the public, I'm going to send them a link so that they can sign up because I'm going to do limited numbers of seats. And so if you're interested in being part of the program, sign up um, to the link in the bio and then you'll basically make sure that you have the best chance of being enrolled in the first cohort of the program. If you don't know what the program is about, it's all about helping you figure out what job is best for you. If you're a bit lost in your career, if you're not sure what step you want to take next or you don't have clarity on what that is, this program is going to help you figure out to understand more about yourself, what types of careers you might be good at, what types of careers you would enjoy, and then help you actually take that step and move into one of those. So if the clarity around kind of your next career step is something that you're looking for, 
and um, this i think would be a really good program for you it's a four week live program we're going to do um live sessions every week and then it's going to be exercises and group um, activities that you're going to do as part of the program as well to give you that kind of clarity but now it's time to get into this week's episode where we're going to cover off how to think about the role of money in your career and in your life how to understand what it is that it can actually do for you how much you need and how that might change over the course of your life but then also how once you understand that how can you actually make that money how can you make money in a way that allows you to achieve all of the goals that you have set for yourself so that's the topic for today's episode so let's get into it so there's so much content out there about you know how to spend your money or how to invest it or how to manage your household budget but what there's a lot less content out there about is to understand the role that money plays in your life because oftentimes a lot of us just fall into the trap of like okay more money is better and you know that's what we want but I actually think unless you have a solid philosophy around the role of money in your life you can fall into traps so you can fall into you know always taking jobs because you're going to get a bit more money off it but actually they won't make you happy because you don't really know what you're going to do with that money and so that's why the first topic for today is to talk about you know understanding the role of money in your life and the way i think about this is that money is a middleman money is a middleman between your time and effort on one side and then the things that you want in life on the other side now usually we don't like middlemen we want to cut them out so that's kind of a good way to think about money if you can get the things that you want from life without the need for money or the need for a lot of money just do that just cut out the middleman right and i think that's the way you should think about it like money in itself doesn't actually do anything for you if you've got a load of money you sit in your account what does that give you absolutely nothing it's only when you use money to you know buy something or to go on a holiday or to i don't know whatever else it is have an experience to meet people it's only when you do that when you actually translate the money into something in the real world that you get enjoyment out of it happiness satisfaction those kinds of things and there's a story that i love that kind of illustrates this point really well so the story goes a bit like this so there was a businessman from the us and he visited this small fishing village in a really less developed country out on this beautiful like, tropical island and he saw this local fishman who was catching fish he was going out every day catching a few fish but he was only ever spending like a couple of hours and um, fishing every day and then he'd come back in and he'd lie by his boat kind of enjoy the scenery look out at the sea and then he'd go home and kind of at lunchtime he'd be home and he'd be with his family having lunch helping his kids with their homework having dinner chilling out meeting the other people in his community and so the american businessman came up to the fisherman and he asked well you know i see you're only working for like one or two hours a day like if, you know if you worked longer you could make more money like you could catch all these fish and you could you could do something with them and the fisherman replies well you know i catch enough fish in the hour or two that i'm out there to support my family and and my needs so you know why would i do that and so the american businessman goes well if you fish for longer you could catch more fish and then you could sell all the fish that you don't need you could take that money and you could buy another boat you could even hire somebody and eventually you could have a little fleet of fishing boats and so the fishman asks like oh okay but you know what would i do then and so the u.s guy is like well then you know you could move to a big city you could set up an office 
You could even have a big fishing company and you could export fish all over the world. You could have dozens, hundreds of boats, thousands of people working for you. You know, you could really make a success out of this thing. Like, I see you're a good fisherman. And then the fisherman was like, okay, well, you know, who wants to do this? How long would it take? And so the US dude is like, well, it might take you a while, a few years, you know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years. So the fisherman is like, okay, cool. And then after that, like, what would I do? And the US businessman goes, well, you know, once you've done that and you kind of built a successful business, you, you know, you could sell it. Like you could make a load of money, you could retire and you could move, move somewhere, move to a small village and just enjoy life, you know, do a bit of fishing, spend quality time with your family, just relax by the beach and enjoy retirement. And so you see the point of this story, right? The fisherman is like, well, that's clearly what I'm already doing. Why would I go and put myself through all this time and effort and stress to get back to where I am today. And I think like the point here is that, you know, you can, you can kind of hold money up on this pedestal as something that we want to get, but actually really should start from first principles and say, well, what's the life I want to have? And then, you know, what's the money that I need to, to be able to support that life. Right. So put your start backwards um, and work backwards from that. And, you know, please like I know everyone falls into this trap I've definitely felt into fell into it before where you're trying to make money just for the sake of it and like whether it's for status or whatever else but it's literally just a way for you to trade your time and effort for other stuff and so that being said there's absolutely nothing wrong with wanting money and I had Alicia Conlon heard on the show and she told me that she went through these processes to define what she wanted from life. She was working backwards. And what she worked out was how much money she would need to then achieve all of these things. And it worked out at 30,000 a month, which is obviously a lot of money. But for her, she'd done some thinking. She was like, nope, this is you know, the life I wanna live. And if I wanna live this kind of life and do the things I wanna do, this is the amount of money that I need to make to be able to support that. And then she's able to work and set her goals in terms of what she can do with her business and the income she can generate in order to achieve those goals. So that's kind of my kind of advice on this part is to start with what you want in life and work backwards to how much money you need to have those things. Um, in the Divergence program, this is one of the things that we do, right? It's an exercise to help you understand your hopes for life, your aspirations, as well as working through your philosophies around work and money so that you can tease all of these things out. And so that's my first piece of advice around money and your career is take the time to understand the role that money plays in your life and work backwards to how much money you need based on the life that you want to live. So once you've done that and you've started to get an understanding of the role of money in your life and how much you need, now you can start to think about, well, how do I make that? And for whatever I'm doing, how do I make the most out of what I'm doing? For whatever time and effort I'm putting in, you know, you whether it's whether you want a small amount of money, a medium or a large amount of money, you definitely want to be getting the most for whatever effort that you're putting in. And so when we think about how we make money, I think like there's kind of like three simple categories that we can think about and I'm not including kind of investing and money from investing in this because I'll talk about that more when we get into kind of the building wealth and managing wealth part um, later on. The three areas are the obvious one which is salary and this is how most people make their money. The second one is through equity or through owning shares but usually related to either your employment or owning your own business and then the last one is kind of an other bucket but 
you know, essentially like side hustles or other things that you can do outside of your main job in order to make money. And so I'm going to go through each of these three and discuss kind of the top tips that I've learned over the years for how to max out what you can make from each of these and also my thoughts on each of these different categories and the pros and cons in terms of making money from each of them. So let's start with salary. So for most people, salary is going to be the biggest thing, uh, the biggest source of income, right? Whether you work for a company or whether you're, you know, in the public sector and you're a teacher or whatever else it is, most people make money through salary. And so when you're going in, if you want to think about how do you max out your salary, there's a couple of things that you can do. The first one is that you should negotiate. And the main time to do this is when you're offered the role. Because once you're in a role, you can negotiate for you know promotions or pay raises or whatever, but it's much harder to, and you'll usually get less of a bump than is available to you when you first join. Now, negotiating is tough, mainly because we don't do it that often. How many times have you taken a new job in your life? It's probably a handful of times. And so without the practice, it's difficult to get good at negotiating but there's a couple of top tips that you can do when you're negotiating your salary at a new job to make sure that you max out the amount that you can earn so number one i would say is you need to research the comparable salaries across the industry and at other companies so whatever job you're going for you can google this you can go on to glassdoor i think payscale linkedin often have benchmarks if you just google you know let's say you're a um junior designer junior graphic designer you can google junior graphic designer salaries london and you will get some sort of bands for the typical salaries that somebody would earn in those areas and so that gives you a start and you can start to understand okay this is roughly what these people um what the benchmark is and make sure they're up to date because with inflation these changes these change every year so if you go something that's three or four years old it's probably going to be a bit out of date you can also just ask people so find people who are in similar jobs ask them look are you open to sharing what salary you're on people are more and more open to actually doing this and what it does is it gives you a really really good benchmark so when you go into a conversation with somebody um like a potential employer you know what the market value is for this type of role so if they offer you something that's below that you can say hold on like i know the market value for let's just say as an example a junior graphic designer in london is is not you know $30,000 I know it's like at least $35,000 and so you're offering like below market for this and it gives you a data point that you can use in your negotiations which is really really important when you're going into negotiations it's all about having information having data points that you can use to back up your argument you can't just go in and be like oh like I want more money because I want more money like that's just it that won't really get you anywhere So that's tip number one when it comes to negotiation is like do your research, figuring out those like benchmarks and those salary um, kind of comparables. The second thing that you want to do is ask upfront what the salary band is for this role. So let me give you a bit of an insight into how these things actually work um, from within inside a company because I've hired a lot of people over my career. And so what ultimately happens at the vast majority of companies is that if let's say i'm a manager and i need to hire people on my team what i do is i'll put in how many people i need to hire that year that quarter or whatever else i'll submit that to finance and i'll tell them like what levels of each person that i'm going to hire will be right then i work with finance and hr to define what those salary bands are for those roles and so what this really means is like if i have an open role which is say at my company which is a junior designer i will have beside that salary band, beside that role, 
a salary range that is approved by finance that I can hire within. So it might say 40 to 50,000 euro. Now, if it's going to be above 50,000 euro, basically that's not approved from finance. So I would have to go back to finance and try and get them to give me more money to hire somebody above 50,000 euro. But for anything within the 40, 50, 40 to 50,000 range, I'm basically pre-approved for that and so I can offer them that money. Now, I'm going to try and get away with the cheapest possible, but if you are interviewing for this role, you can ask the band what the band is. Hopefully they tell you, sometimes they will, sometimes they won't. Usually the recruiter may tell you. And if you if they tell you it's forty to $50,000, euro, whatever, you know that you can basically get to the top of that band. So I would be pushing at least to the top of that band within your negotiation, right? There's no reason for you to settle for something at the lower end of that scale. Another top trick for negotiation when you're talking to people about salary is don't give them a number. So when you first talk to a recruiter, they'll often ask you, like, what are your salary expectations? And I would typically like just try and fob this question off, right? Because really what, there's no way that you can really like win from telling them. Because if you tell them a number that's too low, then they're like, oh, sweet. I know that I can get this person to sign for this amount of money. And if you tell them a number that's too high, well, you're kind of in the same position that you are anyway, right? They're still going to want to get you in for as little as possible. So I would usually just like try not to answer this question and say, oh, look, you know, I think like I'm looking for somewhere that's certainly within the market range for this for this role um, and aligned with my level of experience. You can just kind of fob it off um, if you want. Um, But try not to say a number first and instead get them to say a number. And that's why you can ask for the salary band. So once you've done this, they, and, you know, assuming that you're kind of getting the job, they're going to make you an offer and they'll give you an initial number. And I would always try and push this number. I would always try and negotiate it. If they've gotten to the point where they're making you an offer, they want you to join, right? So don't get nervous and think, oh my God, what if they take it back? You know, because I try and negotiate, they won't, they just won't. Oftentimes, they'd actually respect you more, depending on the type of role that you're going for, if you actually push and you try and negotiate this number with them. So I'd say always try and negotiate. Worst case scenario, you get absolutely nothing from it and you end up like back where you started. And then fine, you can make the decision whether you want to take the offer or not. So my top tip for negotiating would be to negotiate over email. So because I said you don't get much practice at this, whereas they do. If you're a recruiter or you're a hiring manager or you're a leader of a business, you've probably hired dozens, if not hundreds of people over the course of your career. And so they've been on that side of the negotiation multiple more times than you have. So they're good at negotiating. Negotiating, You've only done it maybe a handful of times, if ever. So you're not. So don't get on the call with them because what they'll do is they'll be able to use all their tips and tricks to try and convince you to say yes on a call. I just wouldn't do it. I would never say yes in a call. I would say, oh, thank you so much. That's great. Thank you for the information. Let me have a think about it and I'll get back to you over email. Because then you can go off and you can compose your email and you can even get help composing that email from a friend who's been through previous negotiations. And you can use that then to your advantage. So you basically take yourself out of their situation, right? If you don't like the game that you're playing, change the game. And that would be one of my big top tips um, for negotiating. Just like get off the phone and get over email where you are more in control of the situation than they are. 
So then, you know, you're going through the negotiation, you've done all these tips and you land on some sort of salary. Now, other ways that you can negotiate is to try and find win-wins. So the problem with a salary is that it's a zero-sum game. So every dollar more that you make is a dollar less that the company has. So it's um, it's a zero-sum game for every win you get, they lose something. Now, what you want to try and find is other ways for you to you know boost your salary, boost your income, boost your compensation from this business that maybe doesn't cost them as much as it might be a gain to you. So something here to discuss what might be around say vacation days. So if you know they're offering you 20 vacation days a year and you're like look this is actually something I really value. I'd love to have a couple of extra holidays a year. Is that something that you could ask them about? Say look I don't need more salary but can I get five extra paid vacation days a year because that would mean a lot to me. Right? They're not paying you any more money but you're getting something that you care about. Another interesting one is um basically anything that's like a tax deductible expense for like the company so if they're giving you say like a laptop allowance or an education budget or a travel budget or you know a conference budget whatever else it is like these usually cost like less to the business and but can be really advantageous to you so we kind of look try and look for like those win-win scenarios where you can um you can get something that you know the business is actually like happy to give to you so there's some of my top tips for negotiating salary when you're going into a new job. Other ways to try and you know max out your income from salary is to renegotiate. So every time your performance review comes up or whatever kind of that schedule is with your company, like again, open up the discussion, like push. I know it's a bit uncomfortable, but you're basically going to do it once and then that's going to determine how much money you make for the next year, two years, whatever else it is. So for the sake of a few days of discomfort, it's definitely worth doing. Also, it's just a skill that's really worth building. Build the ability to negotiate, build the ability to renegotiate and to kind of push for what you deserve. Like if you're going into a company and they want you, like don't undervalue yourself. You're going to contribute a lot to them. You're going to work really hard. You're going to give up a lot of hours and effort of your life. So like you should get what you can from them and don't feel bad about that. So push on your salary when you can this is kind of related to salary as well right is about bonus and, and commission so depending on your role you may be getting um commission based on your performance you know if you're in sales you're definitely going to have targets and you're going to have to try and hit those and if you do then you're going to get commission and this can be pretty substantial right um then you can also get performance related bonuses even if you're in a different type of role that isn't like sales and they can be quite substantial and so they're definitely things that you want to negotiate as you're going into a new role as well i think one of the things that you can do is if your role isn't one that has a bonus or has commission tied to targets see if you can introduce something right because your company will definitely care about something they'll have some sort of metric that the owners the cfos the head of sales whoever it is cares about and if you can help them win on those metrics, they're going to be happy to pay you for it, right? And so this requires a bit of creativity, but if you're going into a new job and you're trying to max out your income from it, see if there's an area where you can say, hey, look, I know that you're trying to bring in new B2B customers in this area for this new product line. I actually, you know, I might be able to help with that. If I brought in a new customer, like how much would that be worth to you? They said, well, it might be worth, you know, 
$10,000 to us a year or $1,000, whatever else it is. And you say, okay, super. Well, you know, for everyone that I get in, could I get 10% of that? So if you bring in somebody for $1,000, could you get $100, right? Not everyone's going to buy this. You might need to be a bit creative, but what it does is it allows you to create upside from your salaried role. So otherwise you're going to get your salary every year or every month. That's great. You're going to get bonuses whenever you can, but you know, whether that's every half year or at the end of the year related to your kind of performance review cycle. But if you're able to actually negotiate and create this new like commission structure for yourself, which is based on your performance with a certain metric, it gives you the opportunity to, when you work harder, make more money because that's sometimes what happens is you get really talented people who are working hard in a certain role, but, the person next to them is in the same role, isn't as talented, doesn't work as hard, and they earn the same thing. And that's because like there's no real incentive structure for them there. There's no bonus structure, there's no commission. So it's just an interesting way that you might be able to create a little bit more upside from your salary and from your compensation with your work. So that's the first way, main way of generating income, right? So salary, everything from kind of your core salary through to like bonus and commission and other forms of compensation and some of the tips that you can use to max out what those are for yourself. The second main form of generating income is through equity. So equity is about owning something, right? Now this can be what you'll hear people call like stock options or shares in the company that you work for. Or it could just be like owning your own business, whether that be big or small. Essentially, equity means owning something. You own either a tiny bit of something or you own a, little, a big bit or all of something. And this is something that it took me a long time to figure out, but probably one of the biggest learnings I've had over my entire career and life when it comes to understanding how to generate income. And that is that equity is super, super important. And so what are the benefits of equity? Well, I think there's two main benefits. The first one is that it's basically the best way to make a lot of money. I was actually ran these numbers before I started recording this podcast. And over the seven years of my career so far, I've made more from the equity that I've earned in the businesses than that I've worked for than all of my seven years of salary combined. And that, you know, I don't know how that compares to other people. I've obviously taken a path that led me down owning a decent amount of equity in startups and tech companies. So, you know, I was more predisposed to that side as if I had stayed in consulting, I would have had zero equity. But it was just really interesting for me to reflect on. It's like, actually, I would have spent all that time looking at negotiating my salary. I spent very little time negotiating how much equity I was getting and they're really really important right so it's one of the best ways that you can make mega bucks if that's something that you want to do often if you want to make like really mega bucks like kind of the seven figure eight figure even um style of wealth it's pretty much the only way you can do it you're going to be a long time waiting for a salary that can earn you know well into the six figures or seven figures it's going to take you a really really long time you know unless you're a developer or you're an ai engineer or something like that you can go work for you know google for seven figures a year it's going to be really really tough and the problem is it's also always going to be tied to your time so if you're making that kind of money through a salary guess what if you quit your job and you don't show up next month 
that's it, the tap's turned off, you're not getting any more money. And so that brings me to the second benefit of equity. It's not tied to your time. When you have equity in something, when you own something, you don't have to work for that thing to make you money, for that thing to generate income for you. You know, I've left Wayflyer almost a year now. I still have shares in Wayflyer. Now, they're not a public company, so I can't just sell those shares and they don't generate dividends or anything like that. But I'm not working there. And those shares are still worth something. And, you know, as the company grows, hopefully they generate value. And if it was a company that was, you know, spitting off cash every year, they'd be giving me dividends, right? So I don't work there. I don't do anything with Wayflower anymore, but I would still be making money from that. I think one of the best things that we could do is to have more people getting equity in the businesses that they work for and seeing in the upside from all the hard work and effort that they put into it. So if you're going into a business, I would really explore the opportunities for you to get equity. If it's a public business, they usually have some employee like share option programs that you can sign up to or that they can get you involved in and be part of your compensation package. If you're joining a startup, they'll definitely give you share options. Um, And I would really kind of, I I think I did a part of an episode on this before, but how to kind of look at your share options and try and value them and understand and negotiate them. I'll go back and have a look. And if I haven't, I'll probably do another little snippet on it maybe in next week's episode. Equity, I think equity is fantastic. I think if you can get it in the business that you're working for, do um, and try and push for as much equity as you can. Um, sometimes it comes at the sacrifice of like short, shorter term um, outcomes. So I remember when I was joining Wayflower, I got an offer and what it had was actually three different options. So one was like low salary, high option shares, medium salary, medium shares, and then high salary, low shares. And they were all, they weren't like crazy different, but like in a certain range. And I can't remember exactly which one I picked, but I definitely didn't pick the low salary, high option one because I was greedy and I was like, oh, I just kind of want the salary now, I want the money, whatever else. Ultimately, that was the wrong call. If I look back now with hindsight and just run the numbers on it, I would have been way better off having more shares, right? So it's really easy to just want to cash in now. Um, and I don't judge people for doing that. I did it myself, but you know, equity is a longer term play and it's a really good way for you to kind of build money and build income over time so that's if you're getting equity in other people's businesses but also one great way to build equity is in your own business or in yourself so this isn't for everyone not everybody wants to have their own business or whatever but if you do you're basically building an asset and you're building equity in that asset so even if it's a tiny little side hustle over time as you build it you're increasing the equity value of that asset and you're increasing its ability to make money for you and so when you're working for your own business, all of your time and effort contributes to this increase in the equity value over time. When you're working for a company, if you don't own any of its stock or any of its equity, you're putting in all this work, you get paid a check in return, but then all the value they created is now owned by the shareholders and you don't you don't have that. You don't own that value. Um, and, and that's kind of it. The deal's done. You don't see any of the upside in it going forward. So if, you know, maximizing your income and your kind of long-term wealth creation is something that's important to you, I would really, really focus on how, what, what are you getting equity in? Are you owning something? Can you own something, whether it's your own thing, whether it's in the business that you work for, how can you build equity? Because it's gonna be one of the biggest long-term drivers for your ability to generate income. So that's kind of talking about, 
you know, the first big category, which is your salary, like your core compensation. The second one is around equity and how you can use that to build income, but then also build income that isn't directly tied to your time. And then the third one, which is becoming more and more popular is around side hustles. And so this is entirely up to you. Some people have no interest in this. Some people do and love it. I've had a lot of people on the podcast who started side hustles when they were running a job, or, you know, when they had kind of like a full-time job and then ended up turning those side hustles into full-time businesses. If you're looking for extra ways to generate income, this is a really good way to do it. Um, it can be absolutely anything, right? It can be like renting out in a room in your house. Like there's, if you Google like side hustles, wait to make money, you're going to get like a bill, like a bazillion results, right? Um, so I'm not going to exhaust those, but I think it's a really interesting thing for people to explore, especially as people want more freedom. It, they're also a really good interim way. So if you're thinking, say, okay, I'm in a salary job right now, but I don't want to do that forever. I would like something with a bit more freedom. You can start a side hustle now, which can start to generate you a bit of extra income, but then also you'll then, if you can build that, you'll get it to an inflection point where you can say, actually, do you know what? I make enough from the side hustle now that I can leave my main job. I can go do my side hustle full time because that's what I enjoy or that's what gives me freedom or whatever else. So it's just another way for you to be able to generate income and kind of like diversify your income stream as well. As I said, not for everybody, but definitely something that's worth considering if you're looking to diversify your income streams and maximize the amount of income that you make. So they're the three kind of main different forms of income and how you can make money and then some of the tips around what I've learned to maximize your income from each of those streams. Now, before I wrap up this section, there's one thing which is really, really important to remember, which is how do you increase your capacity to make money over the long term, right? A lot of this is talking about negotiating salaries or trying to find, um, you know, commission structures or bonuses or developing side hustles. But how do you, what could you do now so that in five years time, when you go in to look for a new job, you're looking for a job that is going to pay you more like significantly more than what you're doing today. Or if you want to have a side hustle, it's a side hustle that's going to be able to really generate some substantial income for you. And the single tip I have for this is to build a strong and unique skill set. You have to be able to do something, right? If you can do something, whether that is create a piece of art, design a landing page, um, write a script to scrape data off the internet, whether it's teach something, it doesn't matter. But if you know something and you become really good at it, and ideally in like a niche or a specific skill set, you can then translate that into income. You can sell that, right? Think about, you know, what your business or what you pay other people to do it's because they've got a skill a specific skill set they're a designer they're a coder they're whatever else and if you can build that up you can translate that into money over time right and that's and and the better you are the more money you're going to be able to make from that skills skill set so it's very easy to get caught into you know short term how do i kind of get the next job or how do i you know negotiate so that i can get the max from you know this position but you should really also be thinking about how do I build the skill sets so that I'm actually moving myself into different tiers, whole different levels of what I'm capable of making. So that's all for today, which is part one of this episode all around money and how to think about money in your career. Next week, I'm going to come back for part two. 
and what I'm going to do in part two is talk around all around, well, okay, we've talked about how to understand the role of money and how you can maximize your income, but what I'm going to talk about next week is how do you manage that money then and how do you build wealth over time, but then also how do you spend money? How should you think about spending money and how should you think about it to get the base, best happiness return on your investment, which is a topic that I really, really love talking about. But that is all for now. If you're interested in the Divergence program, you can go and check that out. The link is in the show notes for this show. But other than that, I will see you next week for episode 36 of the Two Roads podcast.